Hey there, friends. Jay Revel here. Welcome to another edition of Mid-Am Crisis. So glad to have you listening in today. And as always, uh, I've got a fantastic conversation for you. I know you probably get tired of me saying that, but that's what the show is all about, uh, delivering really interesting discussions with some of golf's uh, most interesting personalities. And uh, today definitely fits that bill. Uh, I've got my friend DJ Piehowski on the show uh, hopefully you know DJ from the world of all things No Laying Up. He is an essential part of uh, that group, that business, that collective. Uh, they crank out some of the best content uh, and storytelling in the world of golf today. Uh, and uh, fortunately, they are only a few hours away over in the uh, greater Jacksonville Beach area. And recently uh, had a chance to have DJ and some of his uh uh, dear friends from that group over to my hometown of Tallahassee uh, to shoot the latest season uh, of No Laying Up's Strapped show. Uh, if you haven't seen Strapped, it's just a, it's one of the best things they do, I think, in my opinion. Uh, it's a, a budget-friendly golf show uh, where they travel to some what I would call obscure destinations. And I like to think that my little uh, slice of heaven here in Tallahassee is uh, mostly an obscure place uh, when you start thinking about it through the lens of the golf world. And uh, we had a chance to catch up. We talked a little bit about uh, that production and uh, how much uh, they, they uh, enjoyed their time here in Tallahassee uh, and uh, how they do everything that they do. We dove in pretty deep on all things No Laying Up, uh, what it's like sort of behind the scenes in the room with those guys when they're producing content um, and what it's like you know, trying to go from a, a, a startup business in that world to now something that you know has to be sustained and has a lot of corporate partners and really just kind of talked about that entire journey and, and some of DJ's personal journey as well. He's uh, not just a, a visual storyteller with the great videos and uh, audio uh, that they create, uh, but he's also a wonderful uh, uh, writer. He has done some of my favorite pieces for the Golfer's Journal. We formerly worked for the PGA Tour uh, and just someone, again, who's who's one of the great voices in the game of golf. And uh, I've, I've really enjoyed getting to know him the last few years. And even better now that uh, we spent some time together doing this uh, episode uh, or this season of Strap. So anyway, uh, I'm going to turn it over to the conversation because I think it's one of my favorite ones I've had on the show so far. Uh, I hope you enjoy it as well. If you're enjoying the show, I hope you will leave it a review and tell your friends about it. Uh, you can find us on any of your favorite um, uh, listening channels, you know, it's, it's available anywhere. And, uh, again, I appreciate you. Thanks. You know, the feedback we keep getting is awesome. Uh, I just love hearing from people who are enjoying the show and maybe finding a little bit of their own golfing life in some of these discussions. So anywho, without further ado, I'm going to turn over the conversation to the discussion I had with DJ Piehowski here on Mid-Am Crisis. Thanks for listening. DJ. Greetings. How are you, my friend? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing well, doing well. You uh, off visiting some family, I hear? Visiting uh, some family up in Illinois, the uh, the great white Midwest as of as of last night. I think we got five or six inches of snow up here. So uh, yeah, a nice uh, welcome to Illinois gift as, as we arrived. Yeah, no kidding. Um, um, no golf happening uh, in that kind of increment you know, increment weather um, zero golf going on right now yeah not good tough scene um, tough scene how's uh how's the family doing everybody good everybody's doing great thank you uh yeah things are things are good you know it's it's always interesting to see the difference between uh the the florida shutdown and the illinois shutdown is is pretty <laughs> jarring i know we're kind of coming from the wild west down there where kind of anything's anything's going so yeah it's a little a little different from that regard but everybody's happy and healthy and safe. So all good. You know, as someone who is a lifelong Florida resident and an eighth generation of um, uh, this little part of the world, I have a hard time appreciating how others view and experience our state. You know, when, you know, when you're just raised in the craziness, you know, it just doesn't even phase you. So I'm always curious how people outside of the state, particularly, you know, other side of the the, the country uh, like Illinois might view uh, our, our our little uh, our little sweaty heaven down here. Uh, 
how, do, how does how does your family look at you know you living in Florida and seeing all the Florida man news and things like that that come out? Do they uh, they does it raise an eyebrow? No, I don't think so. I think uh, I think they're pretty open minded to it. They they uh, you know I think as you know not to get too deep in the nitty gritty here, but uh, I would hardly put Jacksonville where where I'm from, kind of Jacksonville Beach, Neptune Beach area. I would. I would hardly put that or really even like Tallahassee. I, I wouldn't put either of those in kind of the, I think Florida starts once you kind of get south of there, you know, is, is always oh, yeah. how it feels, feels to me is uh, you hit Daytona, you hit uh, new Smyrna, some of those, then, then it kind of feels like you're uh, the Florida man comes out to play a little bit more. I feel like, uh, so I don't think we have, you know, we of course have our, our share of uh, unique news and unique people, but I think it feels a little more, uh, you know, a little more conventional, I think, where where we're coming from. But maybe everybody feels like that about their their neck of the woods. I think part of it is is once you reach the point in the state where uh, you can acceptably wear shorts year round without yeah. without any hesitation, that's when the weird kind of really kicks in. I think that's right. I think shorts, and it doesn't really matter what's up top either. I think the shorts can yeah. go with anything. Yeah, 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 yeah. shorts can yeah, go yeah, with yeah. anything. Yeah, it you know once the dress code you know kind of goes out the window, so does you know pretty much all decorum um i think that i think that's right yeah How, how's the lockdown up there a little more serious i would assume than uh probably what we're dealing with down here yeah i think so i mean it's it's pretty uh my parents live in a small town called genoa illinois uh mm. which is about an hour and 20 minutes west of chicago so I'm, i haven't really been anywhere else uh around but yeah it feels pretty you know it feels pretty locked down but i think some of the small towns are are uh, probably probably pushing the limits a little bit, yeah. but you know nothing nothing feeling unsafe or anything like that. So that's been good. What's uh, what's the claim to fame for Genoa, Illinois? <laughs> uh, that's a really great question. <laughs> uh, well, of course, I, I'm sure I don't have to tell you, but the 1977 uh, Class A football state champions, uh, the the Genoa Kingston Cogs. I'm sure you had that. Oh in your man, well, that's big time. Uh, I think we were on a uh, we had a family that was on one of those stupid live in a haunted house for 24 hours and get some cash <laughs> kind of kind of places. Uh, you know, other than that, there's there's really not much. Cindy Crawford is from DeKalb, the next town. Huh. over. Uh, but but really, there's you know, there's not much else. I guess our the claim to fame is kind of stick to stick to that area. DeKalb, Sycamore, barbed wire was invented in DeKalb. Again, I'm sure something you had your finger on the pulse of, but uh, yeah, not, not, not too much. I, I ran through my list pretty quickly there. Well, they, they, they produced one fifth of the uh, uh, no lane up collective. So that's, you that, know, that's, right. that that's, shingle. Not, that's not nothing. Yeah. Yeah. No kidding. How, so, you know, you've been with uh, that. I don't even know what you, I guess, you know, you guys are a company. So, uh, you know, the company now for how long? Uh, I joined in the fall of 2017, like late summer, early fall of 2017. So I was, uh, before go. that, yeah, before that I was, uh, doing a bunch of different stuff in the golf world, um, which we can either get into or not get into, but, uh, yeah, it came from the PJ tour, which is how I ended up in Jacksonville, Jacksonville beach area. Um, yeah. And then been with the fellas, uh, since then. Yeah. So what, so what was it journey like, you know, kind of before then, what was the, what was the early DJ Piehowski, uh work? Sure. Well, I was, I was in Genoa watching haunted house shows to, to <laughs> you know, to start. And then, uh, went to Bradley university down in Peoria, about two hours South of here. And, uh, after that got a job right out of school at golf week magazine. So covering a lot of, uh junior golf amateur golf mid-am golf uh stuff like that for a couple years and kind of you know it's kind of like this great uh graduate school almost you know just just kind of learning how to do learning how to do a little bit of everything at a, a magazine where resources can can be a little tight even back then you know eight ten years ago uh and learned a bunch of stuff there and and ended up getting a job at the pj tour uh, worked there for five or six years in a bunch of different capacities, everything from social media to writing for the website to doing some digital stuff, uh, some creative director type stuff. And then, uh, yeah, and then on to uh, the no, no Laying Up fellas after that. I, at, when I left the tour, I kind of split my time between uh, No Laying Up and the Golfer's Journal, which was just getting off the ground as well. 
which I know you're obviously a contributor for as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, and then in the last few years, I've kind of I try to write a couple times a year for Golfers Journal, but mainly I'm, I'm focused on NLU stuff. The uh, you know, kind of coming into the media industry, a pretty pretty strange time. Obviously, you know, you talk about working at Golf Week and you know, a lot of decline in that part of the industry, but. Yeah, you've been involved with two, um, I guess we call them startups, um, you know, in the in the golf media world, both with the journal and with No Laying Up. I mean, how would you describe the state of that whole world these days? And why are the why are the, the startups maybe having a little more success than some of the stalwarts? Well, it's an interesting, interesting question. I guess I'll I'll preface this with, you know, all of this is just my my experience and my, uh, you know, my opinions, I guess I I certainly haven't, uh, haven't read too much research or anything like that. So it's all fairly anecdotal for me, but I guess what I would kind of say is what always sticks out to me is golf is such a, a niche thing anyways, that I think when you try to, uh, make it, you know, the, the more mainstream you try to make it, the, the more you're going to push up against that fact, if that makes sense. And so I, Mm -hmm. I guess I would relate it to, you know, we make no secret of complaining about uh, PJ tour coverage. And I'm certainly not going to devolve into that on, on a a podcast that's not wholly dedicated to that issue like ours is sometimes. But (laughs) uh, I guess the, the point there is it feels like when you're, you know, when you're trying to make someone really interested in PJ tour golf, I think you can't do that without really, acknowledging and even accepting and and even embracing the fact that this is a really complex sport that takes a long time to learn and for the most part most of the people that really really love it with all their hearts are are pretty much all the way in you know what i mean it's it's not something that you meet a ton of people that are like half in half out i think with golf more than more than most other sports just because you know you're not nobody's going out and and really playing touch football after watching a a bears game, you know, it's like you have this personal connection to it that really, uh, really is important. I think when you're trying to, to think about the media side of it, and I think you got to really speak to people like they're golfers and not try to shy away from that stuff. And so I think when you're a bigger, big, you know, bigger and bigger company, I think you can kind of chase your tail a little bit, trying to both attract new audiences and also, skip past the part that's, Hey, you're going to have to spend a long time learning the rules and the traditions and, uh, some of the, uh, the etiquette and the inside jokes and stuff like that. And so I think with no laying up and the golfer's journal, both, I mean, I think both of them were very acknowledging of that fact that, uh, Hey, we're not going to try to create a bunch of brand new golf fans. You know, if, if we do, I think that's a great offshoot, but I think the first objective has to be, you know, speak to these really hardcore fans the way that their buddies speak to them and the way that, you know, they, even if they don't have golf buddies, the way that they, their imaginary golf buddies, you know, speak to them. And and so I think that's, I don't know if that's kind of a roundabout way of answering the question, but I don't know if that touches on kind of what you're looking for. No, I think it does. It yeah, Just earlier today, I was, you know, sitting there, it was raining and flipping through Twitter as one will do. And um, I saw a tweet from, um, uh, a friend of y'all's program, uh, Micah from I, uh, the great band Iration, was talking about how he got the impression that you know when you watch any kind of sports coverage in Europe, they they treat the audience as though they they have uh, a considerable amount of knowledge about the project, and you know over here a lot of our media outlets treat the audience as if they're coming you know to see this for the very first time, and they have to you know kind of dumb it down to the you know, greatest common denominator. And um, I thought that was spot on. I think he was probably referencing to, you know, a, a certain player taking, uh, of, uh, you know, maybe some extensive uh, 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 leeway with the rules yesterday uh, <laughs> uh, out in uh, San Diego. But um, I thought that was well said. And, you know, when I think about that, you know, you, you think about the journal, uh, you know, the journal just always cuts that, couple of levels deeper than what you're going to get in the sort of the stuff you're going to find maybe on the, you know, sales rack at your, uh, local golf shop or, or, or at the grocery store, you know, that covers the game and same thing with what you guys do. I mean, I, you know, 
I think what makes No Lane Up so great is that when you're watching it, it feels like you're watching five of your friends, you know, really get deep in, you know, to the game and talking about it. Like you said, just like you were, if you were there, you can almost feel yourself being part of the conversation uh, quite a bit and, and it works. Well, thank you. Yeah, that's, that's the goal. Definitely. And I think it, you know, it's, it's a tough one to, uh, it's a tough one to try to balance because I, I sympathize and I, I absolutely get it from the, whether it's the PJ tour or, uh, you know, a bigger magazine or golf channel or, or whomever. I mean, I, having done, you know, tiny shreds of, of some of that bigger picture stuff. I mean, it's, it's a really hard proposition. You know, the, the PJ tour is facing this, you know, an issue where, the audience is uh, is not young, and they're not being replaced in a in a very you know timely manner. So uh, well, that's kind of the easiest way to to talk about the circle of life, I guess. And uh, I guess what you know they're faced with is is trying to create new fans, and I I get that that's a really hard thing to do. I think it's just even harder to try to skip a step. You know what I mean? And that's where I think I get a little frustrated with broadcasts is like, that's, you know, that's your front, uh, that's your front porch, you know, that's going to be the, the entryway in for, for so many people. And, and it is tough when you're trying to accomplish two goals, you're trying to keep the really, really hardcore fans like us happy. And you're also trying to welcome in new people. And uh, it's, it's a really tough, you know, line to walk. So I, I'm sure they do the absolute best job of it. And I'm sure, you know, there's things they could also do better. So it's a, it's a spot where I think we, we kind of saw, and and I won't even say we, I guess it's, it was much more of the other guys before, before I joined, but it was certainly what made me want to join was kind of seeing that uh, vacancy or that hole and uh, trying to hit it as hard as possible. Do you find, you know, or have you found that, you know, as you're growing, um, you know, are you running into the same problems that, you know, the tour and other legacy member folks, have to deal with when you talk about, you know, having, uh, large sponsor contracts and, uh, and other things that can, you know, create conflicts. I mean, what's that like from, from y'all's perspective as you're, as you're trying to scale and bring on other partners and, um, you know, grow the audience. Yeah. I mean, one thing that we have been really, really, really disciplined about, and obviously, you know, hopefully this, uh, remains the case for as long as we, uh, are able to do this is, you know, I, I don't think we've ever had a conversation really about growing the audience. I think we kind of let it grow very naturally. And that's a very, you know, I, I get that that's a very unique and very uh, enviable place to be that a lot of the hard work was done through, you know, a lot of the hard work was done through Solly growing the Twitter account and just kind of growing this base. And it got to a point where I think we, I think we're very cognizant of the fact that of of this exact disconnect that I'm talking about where it's like yeah we we could probably do a lot of different things to make our stuff much more wide appealing or much more accessible to a brand new audience but uh you know that's not really the point so I, I think <laughs> the last thing we want to do is is have a bunch more people in our mentions and comments and everything talking about how they don't get the joke rather than just appealing to the, the people who do get it you know what i'm saying and so yeah i think we've i think we've been pretty cognizant about that and and one thing i, I guess i will say just since you brought them up is is that as far as like partners go and that kind of stuff i mean we just have been hyper 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 critical of ourselves before we do any any sort of deal just to make sure that we are picking the right people and the right people who understand why the audience that we have may be smaller and why we're not you know gaming any kind of youtube stats or trying to make it look Mm -hmm. like more people are watching than what really are you know we don't do any of that stuff because it's like hey here's here's the audience i promise they are all in they're totally invested they're hardcore golfers uh we we try to respect you know their inboxes and their wallets and everything as much as we possibly can while still making this a business and you know if you're a partner that wants to be involved with that we think you'll be really successful uh, in doing so. And so uh, we try to be really, really, really cautious and really critical of, of who we end up actually partnering with. And so I guess, you know, without turning this into a, a PJ tour CEO uh, booth visit here, I mean, the, the people that we, <laughs> the people that we have are, are truly like they're, I mean, they're the best. They're super impressive. No sponsor has ever, has ever said like, you know, Hey, I really, 
it'd be cool if you didn't do this, that, or the other thing. I mean, they all just completely let us do what we want to do. And, and they understand that that's where the magic is made is, is kind of leaving us with that creative freedom. And so, yeah, it's been great. It's, I think the kind of thing where as soon as we start chasing the wrong stuff, you know, the, the air gets let out of the balloon pretty quickly, which I'm sure has been seen in many, many, many companies before us. Oh yeah. Well, you know, and there's a lot of, um, there's no shortage of terminology out there uh, for people who, who do things that are, you know, in a similar universe to you guys. Um, you know, whether you want to call it, you know, I don't you know, influence or, you know, whatever. I don't even know what the terminology is. That, which brings me to the question, which is when, um, when you meet somebody new, you know, whether it's uh, at a dinner party or a family reunion, you're catching up with Aunt Edna or whoever, uh, how do you, how, what do you tell people that you do? <laughs> uh, I have no good answer. You've, you've touched on a very good question <laughs> that I have no good answer for. Uh, no, I, I basically just have limited it now to, oh, me and my friends have a golf company and usually they say, oh, that's interesting. And if they don't like golf, they don't really ask any follow-ups, uh, which is mm-hmm. probably for the best. And if they do like golf, then I, I got to try to, you know, explain the, 800 different facets of the business and that usually ends up with you know well how do you guys actually make money and and that whole conversation and so uh yeah it's a it's a complex one because it's there's not too many businesses uh like this at least is not in the not in the golf world no it's 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 a very unique um uh, skill set you might say and uh and to be able to actually you know, turn it into a profitable business is, uh, is no easy measure, but you, know, you guys have, have done a good job. And, and, you know, I, uh, I saw the other day, Sally was posted. It looks like you, what'd you guys go up to like sea Island or something? Have your little, uh, annual corporate retreat. Yeah, uh, it kind of looked uh, like, yeah, yeah that, exactly. The, uh, the annual offsite. So yeah, we've hired, uh, we've hired a couple, a couple real life employees to kind of, you know, make sure we're dotting all of our I's and crossing all of our T's. And so, uh, yeah, trying to get everybody swimming in this in the right direction. So that's all stuff that we're trying to figure out as as we're going. I mean, the you know we were kind of joking about it while we we're up there that maybe the the startup phase is is kind of ending and this is we're kind of into the actual uh, business side of things now. So we need to the, that's the next challenge I think is trying to keep the keep the magic through all that. Yeah, well, that it is a challenge. So you know, if 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 you were going to give everybody a a little uh, uh, sliver of insight into, uh, you know, what was going on in a, you know, inner sanctum like that, you know, obviously everybody's so used to kind of the, uh, you know, the way in which you all portray your relationships, uh, through your shows and content and all that good stuff. You know, how does it, how does it work in a room like that where you're, where you're trying to hash out what, you know, the business looks like a year from now and a path to get there? Yeah. I mean, I think honestly, a lot of it, you know, we talked about this on the, and this is pretty nitty gritty for anybody who's interested, but we talked a lot about a lot of this on the, the goals, uh, trap draw episode, the first episode uh-huh. of the trap draw that we did in 2021. And we talked a lot about year of uh, the, process. the year of the process. Exactly. So every year for anybody who hadn't listened to that episode, we, we like to gloss each year, you know, the year of blank. And so it's been a bunch of things and usually it's a half, half joke and half serious, kind of like everything else we do. And, uh so this year we were talking about the year of the process and for a lot of that i think is because of you know what i'm kind of talking about here which is all right the the thing is growing and it's it's turning into a real business with real stakeholders and real you know uh, real responsibilities and like we need to really keep this thing on the rails and so let's make sure we're building a lot of uh infrastructure to both keep you know the zany loose creativeness alive and also you know the hard and fast rational business side of it and so it is a little different when you know for the last couple years i think we've we've done a a decent job of running the entire company basically through like a group text you know because all the all all five (laughs) of us are are making all five or you know are are making all the decisions and so whenever we kind of need to decide anything we can kind of hash it out through group text or meetings or whatever but now as we're as we're getting more and more, you know, stuff going on. And I guess one example I would use is, is like the merch. Uh, I mean, that's like a full on business of its own. You know, that's a, that's a real life uh, business that has all kinds of things to worry about. And so Tron and, 
and Neil handled most of that. And so they do a good job of, you know, just putting in processes to figure out how, how that's going to run and what their benchmarks need to be and how they can get a little more efficient on stuff and, and stop things from falling through the cracks and all that stuff. And so I guess we just kind of have to extrapolate that out over every part of the business, like every business does, uh, and, and figure out what all those processes are. And then really more than anything, I mean, I think the most crucial time we spend in a meeting like that is, uh, just going over the calendar because, you know, without sounding like we have, you know, too many dates to the dance here, it's like, there's a lot of opportunities for a really, really small company like this with a really, you know, pretty relatively sizable audience uh, to go do things throughout the year. And it's like, I think we've kind of realized over the last couple of years is for every one of those opportunities we're taking, there's a bunch of other stuff that's probably, you know, falling through the cracks when we're out in Utah or we're out in New York or Scotland or Florida or whatever, you know what I mean? It's, there's a lot of opportunity to travel and while you travel, it's really hard to check your email, I guess is the simplest way to say it. So just making sure we're really, really, really protecting the the calendar uh, above all things and also making sure that you know while we are gone there's there's good processes in place to to keep everything going and so all that fits with you know trying to put out more content and trying to do more events for you know nest members and people who listen to the podcast and people who watch the videos and uh all those things i mean it's it's really really easy to to put together these you know week-long trips and it turns out there's not that many weeks in the year so uh trying to trying to kind of fight through all of that and figure out you know how we can all stay happily married as well <laughs> yeah that that is a challenge uh you know you're talking about kind of that that transition from that startup you know mindset into something you know where you're you're trying to sustain um uh, and uh, it is a very different way of looking at uh, at the operation you know when you're in that startup mode, you kind of get to say yes a lot. And, and, you know, now I would imagine knows probably a much better friend of yours. <laughs> uh, you know, you talk about guarding the calendar. So, you know, when you're going through that, that process of trying to determine we're going to go this way, not this way, what are some of the things that you all are, are, are weighing into that you know decision, particularly from a um, content creation standpoint? Totally. That's, that's the, question i think i mean i think that's kind of the most important thing that we're we're trying to focus on which is which is exactly that what do we say yes to what do we say no to and i think our guiding you know we've tried to simplify that to call it a a mission statement or a north star whatever you want to say and i think the easiest way to say it is i let me back up and i'll even say it this way that i think we've all been very very much on the same page and i i would credit any success we've had in growing the business to this fact that, you know, we are beholden to each other and we're beholden to the audience and everything else is secondary to that. You know what I mean? It's, we need to make good good decisions for each other. We need to make good decisions for the audience. And so I think what we try to whittle our mission statement down to is, you know, does this inform the audience in some way or does it entertain the audience in some way? if it does neither of those things and it's just a fun trip that we want to go take, like we probably shouldn't go do it. You know what I mean? And, and so I think that's, that's the biggest part for us is making sure that, you know, if we're going to have to limit the number of, of trips we take, which of course is, you know, the most first world uh, problem or complaint (laughs) in in the world. Let, Let me be very clear that we're all very eyes wide open about how lucky it is to have a problem like that. But if we're going to limit, you know, what we're going to be doing, then we need to really make sure that we're we're squeezing the most juice out of out of all these trips and making sure that, you know, if we're going somewhere, we can get a whether it's a crash course video or a crash course podcast out of it or we can go, you know, it, it'll lead to something on the sponsorship side or it'll lead to something on the event side or, or something like that. I think we do a pretty good job of if you if you trace our you know, if I was to show you our calendar from the past two years, you could probably draw pretty straight lines to either, you know, a partnership that came of it, an event that came to it, came of it, or some content that came of it. You know what I mean? We don't, we don't take too many, uh, there's not too many golf vacations on the calendar, I wouldn't say, unless they're a, you know, even Sea Island was probably the closest uh, that we came to that. And we had about six hours of meetings each day we were there. Yeah. Wow. 
Well, that's a, that's a good segue into my next question, which is uh, maybe what was it about uh, the wonderful city of Tallahassee that was so attractive to you uh, for uh, making the decision to film the upcoming strap season here in uh, uh, our, our illustrious capital city? Sure. So a couple things. One, you know, would be lying if I if I. Uh said proximity wasn't very high on the list uh it's (laughs) it's a nice uh a nice three-hour drive from jacksonville so that is very rare for uh any kind of content trip that we're taking so that was great to just be able to hop in the car and and drive over uh weather of course you know we're, we're trying to especially with strapped i mean we're trying to get to so many different cities and i guess i should say if if people don't know what strapped is or if they're just you know hearing of this for the first time it's our budget golf travel series that we do where uh neil and randy have 500 dollars to to go explore a new city basically for for three days and play three rounds of golf stay two nights etc etc and so we're we have this uh unofficial official whatever you want to call it goal of trying to get to all 50 states so we've kind of tried to circle in each state you know where are we where are we going what are we thinking what would be good contenders and uh so florida is one that we've obviously thought about a lot and i think if you look at you know all the cities that we've done i guess with the exception maybe of louisiana uh you know we we kind of try to go to maybe not the first place you would think of you know when we're going to to nevada we didn't go to vegas we went to reno and you know we went to cities like baltimore and cities like des moines and and uh, a bunch of other ones and so i think when people who you know aren't from florida i think this kind of leads back to the first conversation or the first uh, topic we talked about you know when you think about florida tallahassee is not really the first thing that pops to mind and so i think for us that's a massive positive right and so i think some of uh what makes strapped so fun to do and and i think keeps it fresh and interesting for us to do is uh i think we all have a pretty uh overactive sense of curiosity and you know all of us candidly are just very curious about tallahassee i mean i think i had been there for a wedding once i i, I think i went over there to evacuate from a hurricane once and <laughs> that was about it you know so i wouldn't i wouldn't say that uh I had all really... of which is covered in the visitor guide but it's you know, exactly right <laughs> yeah no those are the two main reasons to go i'm sure uh so yeah i didn't know much about it and i'd lived in jacksonville for you know whatever it's been eight and seven eight years now so um that was a really big one and neil and randy both felt the same way and so that you know checked a lot of boxes it was a a good way to to get one on the calendar before the end of the year and and knock it out you you made a comment when when y'all were over here shooting to me you said i think it was referring to maybe um some new equipment you had you you, i think the uh, way you said it was you were tired of uh, the program looking like the fucking Blair Witch Project, <laughs> uh, and uh, that cracked me up. But it, what it made me think of really was, you know, I, I've really enjoyed watching the progression of it. I know this is, you know, with Strapped, you know, obviously you're involved in all of them, but with Strapped, it seems like you're a little more intimately involved in the the production and editing of everything. And um, I've really enjoyed watching that progression from season to season. Uh, and it kind of going from from more, at least in my my perception, a, a very documentarian type of uh, maybe rough around the edges production to something that's really not just, you know, you, obviously you're documenting the experience that, that you guys are having, but you're also telling a really compelling story about the places and the kinds of people, particularly golf people that populate them. And um, kudos to, to just, you know, the job being done there, because I can tell you really, you really put a lot into it. So question would be you know what's kind of the mindset with you when you're when you're setting off on a new one of these um to maybe try to do it better than the last one? yeah well thank you for saying that that's that's very nice of you to say that's a it's a big focus and and i always uh n- not laugh but i mean it, it does give me a little chuckle when when people talk about like oh it's it's been interesting to see how it's how it's progressed and in the back of my head, I'm like, yeah, that's because we didn't have any fucking clue what we were doing when we started. <laughs> like, we, you know, the almost all the Australia stuff that we did was shot on cell phones. All the Scotland stuff was shot on cell phones, and uh, that was a really good way to to get it knocked out and figure out exactly, you know, how to kind of 
tell a story. I mean, I'd be, I've been doing like longer form magazine writing and, and digital writing and stuff for a long time. And so there's a lot of transferable skills, but uh, it's, it's, it takes a while to uh, get the engine turned over as far as how to, how to actually translate that into, into video. And so I think what that's resulted in is, is probably, you know, a fairly unique style, I guess we'll call it of kind of this duct taped uh, duct tape production that, that, you know, can hopefully trick people into, into thinking it's a lot easier to pull together than it is. Uh, Cause that's, I think the, the vibe that we're kind of going for, but I guess to your question of, of what, you know, what pushes it forward and what, uh, what the mindset is, is, is exactly that. I mean, I think we're trying to, trying to make sure that each one gets better and better. I think what we don't want to get in the habit of doing is, you know, I think all of us at, at some level have been involved in, in bigger, uh, shoots like big, you know, capital S shoot days, <laughs> uh, where you have, three cameras and two audio people and a director and three producers and three grips running around. And like the idea of doing what we did in, you know, somewhere like Scotland, which was, all right, we're getting up at six, we're going and we're playing 18 holes with just the four of us. We're hopping in the car and driving two hours. Then we're playing 18 more holes. Then we're driving three more hours to the next hotel. It's like, yeah, that's not possible with a, a 15 person crew, especially, you know, all the, pretty much all the golf we shoot. I mean, we don't, it's not like we ever block off a golf course or something like that. I mean, we're pretty much playing as, as you saw in Tallahassee, you know, we're pretty much playing with the pace of, of the golf course. And so I think one thing is we have a massive crippling uh, fear and anxiety about uh, ever implementing, you know, some sort of massive crew. And, and cause I think that would strip a lot of the relatability and the, spontaneity and all that stuff out of it uh but also try and you know like i said it, it's good if people can can see and hear what you're talking about so i think uh trying to trying to make it you know incremental improvements to uh make sure that the audio gets a little better and the cameras get a little better and all that stuff as we're as we're learning is uh, honestly pretty fun it's it's gotten it's a little addicting and and you can there's all kinds of rabbit holes you can uh you can find yourself lost down, but yeah, it's, it's been pretty fun to do. And then I think as far as the other thing you mentioned about kind of trying to showcase the people and, and what's going on, that was our biggest takeaway from, from Iowa when we did the first strapped and, and really from the other, you know, tour sauce locations as well, doing, doing stuff in Scotland and, and everything is you kind of realize like, okay, we've done, you know, whatever it was at that time, we've done 10 or 15 of these videos and, we've all gotten our little, our little quips on camera and we've all got our little slogans on camera and man, this would get really, uh, this would get pretty boring if it was just watching us constantly because, you know, we're not, we're not that interesting. We can edit it to make it seem like we're as interesting as we possibly can, but, uh, that, that's going to run out at some point. So maybe we should probably start, uh, showcasing some of these other people who are responsible for us having such a fun time while we're out at these places. And so I think that really started with, someone like Matt Randall at uh, Coldwater Golf Links, which was the second course that we visited when we went to Iowa for the first draft. We were we were all so nervous for, I don't even know why, like we're, there's nobody at this golf course. And uh, I, I would definitely guarantee we were the only people there with a video camera. And so we, we went up to this guy, Matt Randall, who owned the golf course in Iowa. And, and you know, we're all kind of, like, oh, no, you go ask him if he wants to be on camera. No, you ask him, you ask him, you ask him. And so finally we did and ended up talking to him for 30 minutes and learning all this great stuff about him and his dad and how they built the golf course. And I mean, it was just great. And so I think that, you know, a, a moment like that, we end up all getting back in the car. And I think the light switch kind of flicked for all of us where we're like, oh, my gosh, this is, you know, this, this is not uh, as much as it's about Randy and Neil. I mean, they're they're kind of the hosts. It's it's really I think it's at its best when it's about uh, all the people that were. It's it, truly the fr the friends you met along the way are are the real mm -hmm. the real treasure, Jay. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, well, yeah, like I said, it, it 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 shows. You know, when you're when you're telling uh, you know, these these really compelling stories, uh, which I always I don't to me I I find the thing really probably keeps me engaged in golf more than anything else is you know all the crazy ass people I meet everywhere I go and. Um, you know, you just, I don't know what it is about golf that attracts the most fascinating, uh, 
people, but you know, everywhere you go, the game is just littered with these, these characters. And, you know, when you get a chance to turn the camera on and you ask a few questions, they usually, they usually shine through pretty well. And it certainly does, uh, um, in, in all of y'all's work. Well, thanks. Um, and I, th- I think the other thing on that too, is, I mean, golf is, you know, of course, every, every golf course is extremely unique unto itself and, and every landscape is different and every, you know, every, all the greenskeepers are different and all the, everything is different, but it's, it's also, you know, you can only say things like land movement so many times and you can only say, <laughs> say things like green complexes so many times. And you know what I mean? You get, you, you start scraping the bottom of the barrel pretty quickly if you're not willing to, to really uh, flip the camera around is kind of what we always, what we always joke about is like, man, this would be a pretty boring, uh, like, well, what's the, I don't know the right way to say it, I guess, but what, there's not a, a whole lot of point in our minds and this is just how we feel about it. Some other people feel differently or, or whatever, but you know, there, there's not a whole lot of point in going to all the most beautiful, interesting places in golf or, you know, sometimes in the world and uh, having the camera pointed at yourself the whole time. <laughs> you know, it's probably yeah. a, it's probably it, it can be pointed at you sometimes and you can be the host and you can talk people through where you're at and, and help give a sense of place. But, uh, yeah, it's it's a lot better to get the camera pointing the other way uh, as, as often as you can forgive me for the uh you know I, I guess this has become a cheesy term these days but you know you're definitely a great storyteller uh you, you mentioned earlier again talking about long form stuff you know uh in the written form uh all the way to you know, a lot of what you're doing now is uh, obviously video um what, what kind of things do you look for when you're when you're you know scoping out or i, I kind of call it mining for uh a story and details what, what kind of things does your does your eye, you know, try to scope out when you're when you're looking through the elements of uh, whether or not a, a good, compelling story is present somewhere? That's a really good question. I don't know that I've totally thought about it in that way, but it's. I think for me, it's uh, this is probably very obvious, but just trust in your own your own reaction to things. You know, it's kind of a if if you're interested in it. Uh, the odds are at least somebody else is going to be interested in it too. And so kind of trying to follow, uh, I don't know the right way to say it, I guess, trying to write and, and shoot and edit, you know, things that are interesting to yourself rather than trying to guess what is going to be interesting to somebody else, if that makes sense. Uh-huh. Um, I think that's a, a big one. And then the other aspect of it, and I think you see this a lot in, probably in strapped more than anything else that we do is uh, you know, I think Randy and, and Neil and I always kind of joke that anything is, is kind of interesting. If you get, if you get deep enough into it, you know, I think I'm, I'm sitting in my car right now watching, uh, watching it snow and looking at the, you know, the sign on, on my parents' house here. And it's like, man, I wonder who made that sign. Let's track, trace that back. What, I bet there was a factory that made these signs. I, I wonder if that factory's still open. I wonder who worked there. You know, all those kinds of things. Those are the, the incredibly inane conversations that we have usually while we're on these long drives together. But I think uh, being willing to be interested in anything, I guess, maybe is the simplest way to say that because there's yeah. probably some interesting aspect to it somewhere. And I think that's my favorite, my favorite kind of writing, my favorite kind of, uh, you know, whether they're documentaries or, or films or whatever is just uh, really unpacking the, the pretty granular, pretty granular, relatable everyday stuff, because, you know, there's only so many uh, Bobby Joneses out there. There's only so many Tiger Woods is out there. And uh, a lot of times it's, it's about trying to find an interesting aspect in, in someone that's a little bit more like the rest of us. If my memory serves me, uh, I seem to recall you used the thread of uh, sourdough yeast uh, <laughs> when you wrote about um, um, Sylvie's, Valley, Sylvie's Ranch. Uh, yeah. Valley Ranch, which I thought was brilliant. Um, you know, that, that feels like a pretty good example. I assume that that just came up at dinner one night and pulled that thread found yourself really deep in that scene yeah i mean i think that was one that so sylvie's valley ranch is this place out in eastern oregon uh it is like i mean it's a it's a retreat it's a nice resort kind of like luxury accommodations and all these things but it's it's in the middle of fucking nowhere i mean it's like 
it's three, four hours from, from anything. And uh, you get out there and you just, they do such a good job of kind of tricking you into feeling like you're roughing it, you know, a lot more than, than you are, which is kind of uh, what a lot of these minimalist golf destinations uh, yeah. always, mm-hmm. that's kind of the magic trick. They always uh, make you feel like when you go to Bandon and, you know, you feel like you're you're being so noble because your hotel room doesn't have a TV in it or, you know, something like that. And it's like it's just that's a whole separate thing that always kind of makes me chuckle. But uh, yeah, so every night at dinner, they have this bread that they put out on the table and they do such an awesome job of kind of like I was joking about with the, the sign on the wall earlier is they do such a good job of let's trace this thing all the way back. Let's say exactly where the Stourdo starter came from and. So that one was very literal in that, you know, when, when you leave, they say, if you want any of the sourdough starter to take home and start feeding and, and, uh, making your own bread, we'll give you as much as you want. And so of course I took some and I was just for weeks and months trying to perfect this sourdough starter. (laughs) And it just, the whole thing was like, God, what a, you know, this is my turn to be a little cheesy here, but it's like, what a, what a, first of all, just a stupid hobby that I never thought I'd be into. And what a weird thing that like golf took me to this weird place where now I'm, I'm obsessed with uh, sourdough starter. That, that's not going to happen by getting really into football or it's not going to happen by getting yeah. really into basketball mm-hmm. or, you know, anything like that. It's just, it's uh, I think there's a bunch of those little things in golf that just, you know, make you kind of thankful to, uh, be bouncing around and meeting again a bunch of different types of people with a bunch of different interests i i always think about like um what casey bannon or travis's travis hill both of the golfers journal i think about what their faces look like when i send them a text that's you know a paragraph long that is the result of this really obscure thing i've stumbled upon and i'm like i really want to i need to go to this place and (laughs) I need you to just let me go walk around for a few days and, and, and figure it out, you know, cause it's like, to me, it, it, it's always, you know, Casey said it well, it's like, you know, the, the story, you know, the story is, uh, you know, golf is the setting for the story, but it's never really the story. Right. Um, you know, there, there's, there's just so many other elements out there. And again, I think one of my favorite things you know, about what y'all do is y'all, y'all just do a great job increasingly better and better too. you know, just pulling those threads out and, letting people connect to them. And, you know, you're, a, you're talking about some of your, um, um, you know, some cinematic achievement. Uh, I know you're a big movie buff. Um, what, what do you, what do you learn from watching, um, uh, the greatest storytellers of all time? You know, when you're watching, you know, I know you were talking about on the podcast the other day, y'all, you tried to get in what a hundred films last year. Is that what it was? It was. Yeah. Um, so what kind of things do you pull from when you're watching these great movies and some of them not so great, you know, into your role as someone who's trying to actually, you know, produce films, um, whether it be with a cell phone or uh, some of the nicer, newer stuff you got. I think the biggest thing you learn is uh, just how hard it is to to do what they do. You know, I think the more mm-hmm. the more you see in in a, you know, the more great shots you see, the more you want to try to recreate them, and the more you realize how hard it is and how bad you are at it. And so I think that's, that's a big one. It's just good to constantly be knocked down a peg and realize uh, that you have a lot of room to improve. Uh, so that's, that's a big one. And I, I think the, for whatever reason, the thing that's jumping out, I'm sure it's a different thing every day that, that I could talk about, but the thing that's jumping out to me today is just how good, at least my favorite movies are at, uh, telling stories without words if that makes sense and so Mm -hmm. i think that's you know if you look at the movies that i i hate the most are the ones where you know it's whatever how's your day pretty bad because i have cancer (laughs) and it's like that's the stuff that's like oh my god i never ever want to watch that whereas like when you can tell the story of, I don't know why I picked such a depressing idea, but it, when you can tell the story of, you know, such a traumatic, horrible, uh, depressing revelation as, as that without, you know, actually spelling out very literally what's going on, I think that kind of shows you what's possible. And so with golf, I think you can do that. You know, there, there's hardly ever anything quite that 
serious, but it's like you can you can do a really good job conveying emotions and conveying feelings and all of those things just by shutting up and and showing the right pictures and using the right music and all of that kind of stuff. Because I, I think each one of these golf courses, like I said, they all have, you know, they all have 18 holes and they all have tee boxes and they all have flag sticks and they all have, you know, all, all these different types of things that make them similar to each other. But I do think that, you know, as you know, and I'm sure most of the people listening to this podcast know you, you do have a different feeling when you go to each one of them. And so I think that's the, that's a big meaty conceptual, uh, possibly pretentious idea is that you know you can maybe try to recreate that that feeling but i think that's i mean that's what we try to do and i I think sometimes we succeed and and a lot of times we fail so hopefully maybe we succeed more than we fail this is kind of the the goal i guess yeah i I wouldn't worry about uh sounding pretentious because i feel like every human that i enjoy spending time with teeters on the edge of that um but (laughs) You know, I, I think about, you know, what you're kind of saying, right? It conveying feelings without using words. And, I, you know, a, a good example of maybe where that was happening, where I was watching uh, something you all did when you did the Tour of Sauce Oregon recently, I was watching that first episode, uh, or maybe, I don't know if it was the first episode, but the one that you did the real deep dive overview, uh, Bandon, um, Dunes, and the resort there, and the, you know, Kaiser mentality. Right. My my wife, for whatever reason, happened to be watching with me, and she, you know, she, I think she always kind of rolls her eyes, like, "Oh, you, you know, you're watching your, you know, your golf videos again." And <laughs> uh, she sat down, and I think within thirty seconds was sucked in. Yeah, it was just, it was a really, I mean, that was to me, that was just one of the best pieces y'all have ever produced because you know it was it was a little unique. I felt like maybe maybe you stepped out on a, in a slightly different direction that. He said, we're going to really focus, you know, for this episode of, of telling this, you know, this story in a way maybe that, that hasn't been done yet. And I, I thought you did just a, a beautiful job of that. So much so that she looked at me, you know, halfway through it and just I could tell that she even, you know, someone who, you know, gives me great leeway, you know, love you, honey. Thanks for putting up with it. But I think she could get why guys like us travel all the way across the country to a place like that and you know, are willing to risk, you know, home and <laughs> life and financial ruin or whatever to get there. Right. I mean, that, that came through in that, um, it, I mean, it was, it was very much a film, uh, very well. It was very well done. Well, thanks. That's, that's awesome to hear. Yeah. That was the, uh, I think that's the only, uh, anxiety you have about like a, a season like that in Oregon is, is when you get back or you get on the airplane or whatever, and, and you can kind of take a deep breath, like, okay, I know everything's, everything's backed up and all the day-to-day stuff is all good. We, we didn't have any catastrophes there. And then, you know, this, you get this sinking feeling that's like, Oh my God, I know this stuff is going to look amazing. Cause it's hard to screw up any, you know, the shots of the, the Oregon coast. Uh, but then it's like, how the hell are we going to live up to how good this stuff looks? <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, it's, you know, not, not that we did a perfect job, but it's, uh, it's cool to hear stories like that. It's awesome that, uh, she enjoyed it and, Hopefully she'll come back for the next one when it's yeah a couple of a couple of morons walking around Capital City Country Club. <laughs> yeah, well, if you can make that place look good, you uh, you do deserve an Academy Award. It's uh, <laughs> uh, you know uh, just a it's home. You know it's it's our little little part of the world. I can't wait to see how it how that turns out uh, here uh, in short order. You know, so maybe we're using that as an example. You know, you come over here for th- three days. You play golf you're shooting a ton of ton of footage um it's been about a month since y'all were over here to you know getting ready to release uh i think so um what what kind of happens between that you know again like you said you know you're, you're driving back in the car you got you know cards full of footage and uh and then bringing it to uh everyone's living room or telephone screen so strapped is uh a unique one in that it's it's mostly it's a pretty solo project. I mean, we always kind of joke about the fact that, you know, there's, there's no sponsor attached to it. It's, it's kind of on our own schedule. It's our, our self-funded art project, we like to call it. And (laughs) uh, so that means we can get a little weird. We can, you know, we can push it on a lot of the themes and a lot of that kind of stuff. And 
it's very much a you know if you don't like it like that's okay it's not really for you it's for us anyways so uh i think i think what we'll do is uh you know we get back and randy and neil and i will we'll talk a little bit but really it's just me kind of sitting there and watching all the footage and writing down stuff as it as it comes by and you know anything that i think might be a possible theme or what clip numbers i need to revisit for that theme and and stuff like that and so i'll kind of go through and and knock out the edit uh kind of solo on on that one and then send it off to a guy evan uh Bizel, that we use for audio but uh yeah it's a pretty it's pretty solo endeavor compared to something like tour sauce which is you know has a little bigger team we got myself and mac golden and evan and solly gets involved with the editing and uh ben hoteling gets involved with some of the the paper cuts and string outs and stuff like that and so it's that's a little bit more of a production but uh strapped as far as the that's a very long way of saying it's it's basically me closing the door to my office and and just sitting there for hours and hours and hours and hours until it's done how important is that you know that sort of ass in the chair mentality when you're you know when again when you're doing editing on that or um or writing a long story yeah i mean it's kind of the only thing there is i mean it's it's uh it's something i i think i've probably struggled with a little bit candidly is like it's really really fun to start these things and to have a you know let's go do a new series and let's go let's go uh, come up with some new crazy idea and then i think when you're editing it you're kind of running on on pure adrenaline and you know you you want to knock it out because you're just as curious as everybody else to see what it looks like uh but i think that you know the more we've done this and the more we've started to you know kind of build these like processes and assembly lines almost of like here's how we have to knock these things out uh you know it it starts to you do need to get a little bit of that like okay let's let's build some structure into the day and this isn't the same as as it used to be as far as i'm just going to sit here for you know sometimes 12 15 hours a day like i'm just going to sit here and work on this all day until it's done It, it needs to be a lot more structured than that because we have a lot more things going on i guess so uh it's yeah we're trying to build in a little bit more um you know just structure i guess and and make sure that that we're not burning each other out or burning ourselves out and so so yeah they're uh hopefully again like i said up front it's like hopefully it's kind of finding the sweet spot between that uh adrenaline anxiety driven let's get this thing done because I think it's going to be really fun. And also, you know, let's, let's build a totally rational calendar. That's not going to burn us out kind of a, uh, a mixture. What's, you know, with um, the venture you guys have been on for now a few years, what's been the biggest surprise to you? Uh, man, that's a good question. I, I, I guess I guess I would say a couple things. One, uh, you know, not to be, again, not to be cheesy, but I think you hear uh, all the warnings about, you know, going into business with friends and, and oh my gosh, th- who knows, you know, things change when, when you go into business and yada, yada, yada. Uh, I guess I would say the biggest surprise is that we, you know, knock on wood, we've all gotten along really really swimmingly you know i think that's that's been an awesome uh it's just been awesome to avoid that stressor i mean i think everybody's every we make decisions as a group in a really great way and and everybody's really on the same page which which just makes life a lot less stressful than it it could potentially be so that's a really big one and then i i think the other one is uh you know just the fact that you can you can keep the same mentality that we had, I guess, again, I'm saying we, um, it's really that they had when they started the business because they started it in 2014, about three years before I joined or three and a half years before I joined and that you can kind of keep that same mentality and it, and it will keep translating to other aspects, if that makes sense. I mean, I, I think the way that that mentality translates to, corporate deals is the same way that it translates to events is the same way that it translates to content. I mean, I I guess the biggest to to distill it down, like the, the surprise in all of that is, is uh, you know, that you might've stumbled on something that you were kind of right about, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. It, it, a lot of times I think it can, it can seem pretty, uh, 
oversimplified or, um, you know, naive or, or whatever to just kind of say like, no, put the fan first, put the fan first, put the fan first and, and make sure you're really catering to what those people need. But the more you follow that, the more you realize it works and the more people seem to be kind of snowballing into the, the podcast and the videos and the events and, and all kinds of things. So it's, that's, those are both very, very pleasant surprises, I guess. Well, y'all have done such an awesome job of creating this universe, right? I mean, you have your own language, you have your own references, um, you know, and, and even if someone comes in, you know, for the first time at this point in the equation, um, you know, that you, you have to invest some time into listening and watching to get to the point where you really speak that language. Um, but you know, again, that's, that's, that's how you, you know, really suck people into community over time, um, uh, which I think it, you know, is, is awesome to see. Um, so maybe a good, a good question to maybe sort of start to bring things in for landing a little bit is, you know, is someone who came in after a lot of those elements were already being, um, established. What was, what was it like, kind of being the last piece of the puzzle, maybe maybe if that's a a good reference. Yeah, I think that uh, it was fairly easy for me in that I, so the the way it really worked was I was working at the PJ Tour and doing a bunch of social media stuff. And as part of that job, you're kind of keeping a finger on the pulse of what else was going on in the not so big world of golf social media. And so while I was doing that job was kind of when this, I don't know, meteoric rise, we'll call it, of uh, of Solly and Tron and Randy and Neil and and their Twitter account blowing up and then the podcast starting and that really starting to attract these massive guests. And so I, I had kind of followed that all the way from, I can't say I was there for the first episode, but I mean, I was probably there within the first 10 for sure. I was listening to the podcast and I was following the Twitter account religiously from, you know, a pretty early stage and I think what was so good was, you know, I had, I had a uh, real bona fides as an actual fan. I mean, I, I will never forget. Uh, I think they were doing like a, a, I forget what it was like a store credit, you know, kind of tour sauce contest <laughs> where it was like, show us your best uh, tour sauce in the wild. Mm-hmm. And I think I was at like, I forget. I was at like Dulles airport or something and did a whole like, you know, fake tapping the spike mark down with my foot or something like something like that, like in the airport. And I remember Neil specifically brings that up all the time. Like, oh yeah, like you could tell, like you, you were so deep into it that you knew, you already knew the language when you were coming in and all that stuff. And I mean, from there, Solly and I started DMing and just became really good friends. And uh, Tron, same way, I ended up going out to dinner with him and he came down and visited Jacksonville and actually moved down there even before I left the PJ tour. And so it was, it was pretty clear that it was going that direction for a long time. But I think a lot of it was just cause I, I was a, a, a pretty massive fan of everything that they were doing before I started. So it was pretty easy to kind of see where I could fit in rather than, you know, trying to shoehorn my way in or invent some reason for them to, to need me. It was kind of like, Hey, I, I think I have a pretty good feeling of what the business is and where it's going. And here's how I think it might, might work with my involvement. I will tell you this as a fan myself uh, and um, you know, just someone who's, who's followed along probably from about the same time, you know, you were, you were starting to follow along. It sounds like um, to this day, my favorite piece of content you guys ever put out was the kill house video uh, set to the full <laughs> house theme, which I will go back and watch that every now and then and absolutely just laugh. I don't, I, I have a real, you know, um, high interest level in sort of that, you know, shitty nineties sitcom TV. I get, I just, you know, it was my childhood, like I, probably all of us was, but um, I just found that to be the absolute corner of Maine and Maine for my sense of humor. <laughs> and I thought that was so brilliant and it just, well, it just you. cracks me up you know, to this day. And, and it also did a great job of portraying, you know, the unique uh, characteristics of everybody involved and, um, yeah, really cool. And I, I will tell you this again, maybe kind of bring everything in for landing. Um, I've always thought, you know, again, what, what really is so cool about the world of golf and the internet and social media and how all those things have come together, uh, for this sort of haphazard marriage, uh, in the last decade 
uh, I guess that was three, so it'd be a haphazard menage a trois, whatever. But um, <laughs> to me, it's just the, the sort of ease with which you can actually connect to the people with which you are fans of. Um, and, uh, you know, whether it's conversations like this or uh, you guys coming over here and shooting uh, strapped in Tallahassee with us a few weeks ago, or, you know, I recall, I don't know if you remember this or not, I sent you a message like five years ago with some very early writing I had done and you gave me a couple of pointers and I go back and I look at that stuff and I'm like, God, that really fucking suck. I mean, that was really awful kind of stuff I was putting out. And I was like, I can't believe that guy even sent that to that guy and he was nice enough to read it. But, um, but you know, but that's cool, man. I mean, again, the fact that y'all are you know, so approachable and, and um, you can tell that, you know, you really do care about, you know, not just, uh, creating things for the fans, but also interacting with them and um, you know, bringing them into the fold. And I just have always thought very highly of that. And I think that's a big reason why you continue to be successful. Well, I appreciate it. It's been great getting to know you a little better. And I was glad, uh, glad we could show off your show off your home track. Well, I can't wait to see it and uh, look forward to that. And many mother, uh, many other creations uh, here in the uh, years ahead from you guys. So uh, I hope you don't get snowed in in Illinois and uh, wish you well on the uh, beaches of Jacksonville here uh, when you get back home. Thanks, man. Yeah, man. Thanks for your time, buddy. You got it. Bye.